Hey everyone, welcome to episode three of the Reality Addict podcast. This is Mary Frances, and today we're going to talk to Alan about everything Big Brother All-Star. So I'd like to introduce my friend Alan. Hi, Alan. Hey there. So how are you doing today? How's your Big Brother watching going? I'm tired. <laughs> I'm staying <laughs> up really late at night. <laughs> And then waking up early in the day because I just can't sleep late. But yeah, that's that's how my days are going. See, I'm lucky because I'm on the West Coast. So the feeds, by the time it gets to like, I'm, I'm on their time. Right. So you get to see more of the strategy talk since a lot of people wait till people go to bed to start talking. Yeah, I'm a night owl. So I'm there like peak, peak strategy talk hours. Okay, so you're seeing a lot more than I am, which is great. Let's talk about Big Brother All-Stars. How do you feel about this cast? I like it a lot. I mean, I think even though it doesn't have the big names, it has a lot of the throwback names that I just wasn't expecting to see. I mean, Keisha didn't really have a big social media presence before the season. Then she came back. I mean, she's gone already, but it was nice to see her. Kevin Campbell was the best player on Big Brother 11, and now he's back, and I just... That's like one of the most underrated players ever who you just never think would be on Big Brother's radar is back. And then Enzo, who's just hilarious. And again, it's one of those things where he didn't actually win America's Favorite Player. He lost it to Brittany on Big Brother 12. And like, you know, Brittany was the breakout star of that season. And Rachel was the breakout star of that season that like you forget about how hilarious Enzo is. And he's been the funniest guy in the feeds this season. He is. He's he's hilarious. I love listening to him tell his stories. So, who are you rooting for? Do you have some favorites? Uh, I, You know, going into the season, I was kind of iffy on Janelle. I was like, well, it's her fourth time. I've seen Janelle before. And then the season actually started, and now I'm, like, all in on Janelle again. I'm like, she's just great to root for. <laughs> she's just such a huge presence on her own. I, I'm rooting for her. Uh, I'm rooting for Enzo because he's funny. I just, want him to, I just want him to be on the feet as long as possible. And... You know, Ian as well, honestly, because Ian was someone who at first I was, like, really skeptical about because I was just like, eh, he's just going to be, you know, this nerdy guy. He's won before. I've seen it. And he's just been a lot more vulnerable this season on the feeds. And he's just, yeah, yeah, he's just really, he's just someone you really want to root for. Like, he's really matured and in such a good way. And I'm rooting for him a lot. I'm also rooting for Kaser, but I just, I don't think Kaser plays in a way that'll win, that will win. So I want him to go as far as possible because he's amazing, but I don't think he will win. I agree. Um, I'm definitely rooting for Kaser and Janelle. I watched them on their first two seasons together and was a huge fan, and I never thought I would see Kaser again. And that that just made my whole world. I was so excited to see him back. Same with Janelle. I know we've seen her play three times, but she is such a good player, and it's really amazing watching her play. However... Yeah, she's just a star. Oh, she's totally a star. She's definitely puts the star in all-star. I, however, don't think she can win just because people already know her so well and see her as such a big threat. So my, my two sad. favorites are probably not going to make it. I hope Kaser at least makes it to the jury this time. I, I, that's all I want in life. I just want Kaser to be on the jury. Right. I also I also love that Twitter is thirsting after and like all of social media is thirsting after him like crazy. Fifteen years I know. later. Well, that just shows you how popular he was. I mean, he was definitely America's favorite player, even if he never won that. I I can't say enough about the guy. Even when he's not playing, he has the most amazing conversations with people. Cody was saying that Kaser just talks to people like that as part of his game and that... He thinks it's a lot of bullshit and that Kaser only was talking to Cody because he had the power. I don't agree with that at all. How do you feel about that? I mean, Kaser is intimidating in that way, man. He's just so articulate and eloquent and well thought out. 
that even though he's never made to Jerry, I get why because he literally terrifies you. You're like you, you you're in his presence, and he feels like above you. He's awesome, and I mean, he obviously wasn't talking to Cody in that way because he had the power. But I do see where Cody's coming from, where it's like that's like terrifying. The guy is just he's on another level of just being a human being. Yes. <laughs> Oh, did you see the conversation with him and Davon about how the world needs to change? I did not. Oh, that was a very good conversation. I don't have any notes written down about it, but it was he was talking about how the, he is worried for this world. He's worried for his son how important it is for us to change and recently people are having to shout to be listened to and what it needs to be is we should only have to whisper for someone to listen to us. I think that makes a lot of sense when you're talking about things like Black Lives Matter. People have had to start yelling and screaming to get attention why why do they have to do that you know it should be a whisper and the rest of the world goes yes you're right let's fix this so Kaser has such deep conversations uh did you see the conversation with him and in in the bathroom i think is the first time ian talked about being on the spectrum I did. I actually saw that one like when it was happening. It yeah, was, me too. That was that was like a that was a moment where you just you just see these two people, uh, like from all like one who played all those years ago, and then Ian went and played in eight years, just having this moment together, where they're just vulnerable and they're open and they're honest about it, and it it was crazy. I mean, also that thing about you only have to whisper. That's perfect for Caster's identity because that guy. He taught like his volume is between like five and six. It never gets anywhere lower. It never gets anywhere higher. Right. The guy is at a constant volume, and it's really soothing. It is. If you're not watching the live feeds, you are missing out on some great conversations with Kaser. I would say that's one of my favorite things is watching Kaser talk to everyone. He seems to have a good feel for every person and is able to have a conversation that's meaningful with every person, which is why he is such a threat in the game, as you can easily feel such a connection to him. But at the same time, he's, he always fights so hard from the beginning which I love that he came to play, and things are different from when he played. Uh, a lot of times now, people kind of go with the save options. They don't come out swinging like they used to. And he came out swinging, and Janelle had to repeatedly tell him, hey, you gotta back off some. People think you're playing too hard. Anyhow, I just love Kaser. And the conversation he had with Ian, uh, I've already mentioned this on previous podcasts, but I love it so much. I'll make it brief, though. Kaser was talking to Ian about growing up, not feeling like he was a part of things, how he felt different. And Ian proceeded to tell him, now let me say, Kaser talked a lot of other stuff before this. But he made Ian feel comfortable enough to talk about being on the spectrum. When Ian first played, all he knew was that he felt different and he thought he was just socially awkward. When he got off the show, he very quickly found a post someone had made that discussed why he was on the spectrum. He said they had good points and it was a good read made him start to think and then he started getting fan mail from people on the spectrum or people family members on the spectrum saying I can't believe that someone on the spectrum can win big brother especially when it's such a social game it was a big deal like I back then didn't know much about the spectrum or know what was going on within 
I just thought he was very intelligent, quiet, shy, socially awkward. But he started getting these letters thanking him, telling him what, how amazed they were and how inspired they were that they're on the spectrum and they feel inspired to go out and do things. Which is when he decided to seriously look into being on the spectrum. And he now has been diagnosed. He knows he's on the spectrum. And the thing that helps him the most is rocking. Which, if you're watching it all, you've seen him rock. He said that the rocking motion helps him a lot. And you can tell he's really been needing that. He's rocking himself back and forth. He rocks on the hammock. And he just said on the live feeds that on his season, people gave him a really hard time about rocking, both cast members and fans. I wasn't, I mean, back then I didn't have any social media, so I didn't know that. I can't understand why anyone would care if he wants to rock or not. But I've now seen him tell his story to three or four or five other people. So I'm glad if it took that conversation to bring it out. I think people will be much more understanding. And I don't really think anyone on this season cares if he's on the spectrum. I don't think there's anyone that is hateful like that. That's why I really like Ian. He's a, just a totally different person that you would never expect to win Big Brother. You have thoughts yeah. about this? I know I no, talked I wanna, a long time. No, I want to say similar to Kaser, uh, Ian is just one of those people where he's having really good conversations with people. I think he's on like I think on this game he's on the outside. He's not in a good position in in the long-term game, but I think one-on-one with a lot of different people, he's creating a really good rapport with them. And one of the interesting things was, I think he told someone, I think it was Keisha or Nicole A, that he doesn't care about where the numbers are going in the game. He's just going to vote for whoever he wants to vote for. Which I love. (laughs) I love that. And it's just, you could tell, he's like, yeah, I won Big Brother before. I'm just, I'm here to like... I'm here to do this again because, like, I respect the game and I'm going to play it this way. And I think he is playing the game probably the best he can. He maybe could play it safer by joining a big alliance, but that's just boring, I think, and I don't think it's his style. I always thought his win wasn't that impressive, the original win. Kind of relied on all those comp wins. But he's proving now that that win is, like, a lot more legitimate just from the way he carries himself. And he had to work harder for that win than a lot of the other people did. Just because of the socialness and how difficult it is. Um, Like, he doesn't look people in the eye. That's a typical spectrum thing. I notice he doesn't like to look right in your eye, which some people might think is sketchy or why don't they want to look at me? I I don't know. I don't necessarily think he's going to have a problem with that, but I do think he needs a bigger alliance. The only alliance that I know he's in is, what did they call it? The Millionaires Club? With yeah, the Million Club? And, yeah, the Million Club. Neither one of them won a million dollars, but Which if com- they won com- again... Combined they did. <laughs> right, if they <laughs> won a second time, they would be they would yeah. have won a million dollars. So I think it's smart for them to work together, as Ian said. Now, sometimes I don't know what I saw on the show and what's live feed. It all runs together, but I think they showed this, where Ian said, the only way one of us is going to win is to sit next to each other, because who's going to vote for someone that already won? How do you feel about that? Do you think they would vote for someone that's already won? If that person plays it, I think I think All Stars is less of a bitter jury type game because they understand what it takes to win, and thus you won't really see that. I mean, with Winners at War, no one was bitter at Tony because they understood what the guy did to get there. I think I think Ian could win against the right person, but he'd have to play an amazing game as well. Right. Uh, <laughs> 
I also think that Nicole F was probably worse for him in the long run, just because I don't think she cares about anyone other than herself in this game. That's true. I wasn't sure how serious she was about it because she also has a final two with Cody. So she's she's yeah. just the worst. I'm sorry, she's just the worst this season. <laughs> Every time someone comes on here, they. They say how much they dislike her. <laughs> it's I, I made a tweet about this. It's like the second because I used to defend her to a lot of people. Like, oh, she's not that bad, guys. Like on her previous seasons, like she's okay. The second you begin to dislike her, it just snowballs. Right? <laughs> it just like you hear you hear her high pitched voice, and you're like, what is it this time? What is it now, Nicole? Because <laughs> it's always something with her. She's never positive. It's always a complaint. It's oh, it's the worst. She whines so much. <laughs> and I I mean, she broke down crying the other day saying, I'm cold, I'm tired, I, I need sleep. No one will let me sleep. And she was crying and I'm like, who comes to Big Brother to sleep? It's Big Brother All-Stars. You got to do whatever happens. Also, uh, she's she, the worst. She kind of lost it and said that the reason she was crying was because she has never been on Big Brother while on her period. And that made her cry. So she's, I, she's not in a good position for me. And I have no idea what she would have to do for me to root for her. I think she would have to make a deal with Kaser and Janelle and stick with it. That's like the only way. And, and, yeah, and yet, and yet she's going after them so hard. I know, I know. So there's a lot of new listeners out there. This is their first time watching. Why don't you talk a little bit about why people dislike Nicole F so much? Well, a lot of people believe that like she just coasts to the end. In the past two seasons, she played. She was in showmances where. She kind of just floated, and then on her second season, she turned it on in the end game, and then won. And also, she also only ever aligns herself with men. Uh, I don't think those criticisms themselves are fair. What annoys me is that she's just really self-absorbed, yeah. and she always blames her problems on other people or other things, rather than just accepting them as normal problems. That that to me is what's really grinding. Like. Janelle isn't doing anything to her and she's just constantly obsessed with Janelle and trying to paint a bad picture of Janelle and other cast members. I agree. Yeah, she was sleeping in the same room as Janelle, Kaser, and Keisha and they like to stay up late talking and she didn't like that and you know, that's one of the times she started crying and saying, why won't they let me go to sleep? It's late. I need sleep. And I think that's why she wanted to get rid of them. <laughs> that's what she kept telling people is like they never let her sleep. It's not right. <laughs> so anyways, <laughs> for me, the reason I'm not really a fan of hers is one, she does always align with a group of guys. She also tends to backstab a lot of people. You know, she backstabbed Davon, and she came in and apologized to Davon and made it seem like she is so, so sorry that she did that and she would never do that again. To her face, Davon is like, it's okay, it's in the past, girl, don't worry about it. And as soon as she's gone, Davon is like, Hell no, I am never trusting her again. So I think the fact that a lot of the people know her game, that you wouldn't trust her, but people still do. I think her only real alliance is maybe to Cody, but definitely herself, like you said. And also, she's talking about how before she came on this show, she didn't like her job, she didn't like her life, and then the show changed her life so much that now she's a social influencer. 
and can just work from home on her own time when she wants to, being a social influencer. So how do you feel about social influencers? Do you think that's a job <laughs> for what? The- do I think it's, I mean, the word job, that's a little rough. I don't think it's, I think it's a way to make money. I think it's a way to make a little, I don't know. I guess it, I guess it is it's a hard, job per right? se. Yeah. But I mean, I'd love to, I'd love for that to be my job. That'd be a great job. I'd love that. Yeah, me, so me too. I can't. <laughs> So I can't say to just post stuff on Instagram and get paid. Yeah, I'd love that. So if when we're talking about it like that, like I would love to do that, but I don't think it's one of those things where it's 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 not a realistic job when you're thinking about careers. Just like my kids want to be famous YouTubers when they get older. And I'm like, nah, you're never going to be famous YouTubers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I, she does have a popular following. That's, I don't know where it comes from. But yeah, so she's making money out of it. And I'm not going to say anything bad about that. There's other social influencers I don't have a problem with. I just think when you go on this show and you're talking to other people, it's not that smart to be like, hey, now I'm a social influencer. That kind of says to me is, hey, I don't even need to go out and work. I make enough money just being myself, which is almost what she said. She said, I get to just be myself as my job. I just don't think that's something you say to other people that maybe don't have as much money as you. Yeah, it's it, it's definitely something in a game of Big Brother itself. It's like, well... What are you playing for? It's just like, are you playing for the game? Are you playing for followers? Like, what's going on here? Right. I definitely think she loves new followers. I don't want to keep talking too bad about her. Because, I mean, I'm not here to hate on anyone. But she is definitely my least favorite. So, we've got some alliances going here. We have Kaser and Janelle... And we have Bailey and Davon, who are calling themselves Black Girl Magic. And if they made it to the end together, that would be big time Big Brother history. A black person has never won, except for I did not realize Kevin is half black. His dad is black. People of color don't win Big Brother. So if it's a black person, if it's someone from the Middle East, or they have one gay person on. So what do you think of the alliances? I think the really strong alliance is going to be the Enzo, Danny, Cody trio that I always see on the feeds. Because Enzo's hilarious. Cody athletically is just on the physical comps. No one can keep up with him. Yeah. Um, and then Danny is like, you know, one of the biggest comp threats in Big Brother history. And they're all in pretty good positions in the game where I think that like they'll be able to put the target on someone like Nicole F or a Memphis if they were to get in trouble. Like if the opposing side were to win. I think I think that trio is like really solid. And at least two of them should make it pretty far. That's really scary. I think Bailey and Devon right now are kind of floating. They yeah. can kind of see which side of the alliance they want to join at either moment. I think Devon is in a better position than Bailey. I agree, yeah. Because I feel like in those alliances, they view Bailey as Devon's plus one. Yeah. Bailey's kind of just floating in comparison. Right. Janelle and Kaser, love them, but they gotta they gotta win some comps in order to you know yeah. be safe. Other than that, I mean, I think not not alliance based, but someone who I think has positioned themselves really well in this game, and I'm shocked by it is like is Christmas. Me too. Me too. Exactly. Whenever I watch the feeds, I feel like she's having really good conversations with people. She's talking game. She's also just creating that social connection where she feels like really good with a lot of people, and she can kind of float it on by for a long time. I think so too. I think she has a. A good chance at making it far. Danny also has a pretty good chance. You barely see her whispering with anyone. 
sometimes I forget she's on because she's not being problematic and she's kind of not doing a lot of game talk. Which brings me to pre-alliances before coming on the show. How do you feel about pre-gaming? What have you heard about it? Do you have any feelings? At this point, I'm kind of confused when it comes to it. I do think people obviously were talking because this season itself was speculated for such a long time. And on top of that, people in the house have talked about like, oh, hey, I thought Casey was going to be here. Oh, hey, I thought Josh was going to be here. Yeah. Uh, stuff like that. Because when you when you talk about things like that, there, it shows that, you know, that the two people had, uh, had conversed and said they were going to be on. Oh, yeah. Tyler said Casey told me she was going to be on here. <laughs> so you have you have those moments where it's like that's like that is like there was obviously pregame stuff there. And I don't like I don't know what to say. I mean, obviously, Keisha was hurt the most by not pregaming. I mean, who her, would she her, pregame her, with? Like, no, her, her and Kevin, because she brought like Keisha and Kevin around this season, like, you know, stuff like that. I mean, I'm surprised Memphis is on this season personally. I, I never expected it. Like, when he showed, when they had the episode one, and they showed the vignettes of people, and I was like, who's that? Before he said, I'm Memphis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, everyone else, like, he was like, okay, there, there, there. I'm like, wait. Who? <laughs> Which is, I had no clue who he was. I, I uh, knew who he was, but I was like, what? The thing is, like, I knew I knew Memphis was on the cast, but even when I saw him, I didn't know it was Memphis. Oh, okay. Well, I think Memphis and Cody 100% were pre-gaming. If you were watching the live feeds that I yeah. saw, they had no conversations hardly at all until after Cody did his nominations. And then all of a sudden they were talking like they'd been talking the whole game. I think there was definitely some pre-gaming going on, and not just with them. I think Danny and Cody, I think Nicole F. I think there's several people that were pre-gaming and figured out who was going to be there and already got a head start, as opposed to the people who haven't played in a long time or haven't kept up with Big Brother and would have no idea even who to contact. Yeah, Memphis and Cody was a little obvious, though, just based on, like, their personalities and their play styles. I mean, I think I tweeted night one, I'm like, they're going to create the Silver Medal Alliance, like, in a second. It's going to be them. One of the things I don't understand is everyone has been calling Cody, like, an idiot on, like, the timeline. It's like, oh, what a bad HOH, like, da-da-da-da-da. I'm like, I don't, like, people are, like, really going hard on Cody. They're like, oh, Derek was all the strategy. You're not a good player without Derek. I'm like... Cody played a really good game on Big Brother 16. He just made a terrible last decision right. to like to take Derek instead of Victoria. Like the guy is a really good Big Brother player who, you know, he's he's good in comps, he's charming. Yeah, he's he has some Calfior dumbness in him, but he's a <laughs> he's a he's a good player. Like he's not what everyone's saying on the timeline because yeah. they got swept up to like, oh look, Casey's a genius for using the safety suite, so da da da. Cody's an idiot. I'm like yeah, that's a good move on Keisha, but that doesn't inherently make Cody dumb. <laughs> right. <laughs> Did you hear the way Memphis and Cody were talking about Kaser this week? I like, did not. Did anything stand out to you? On the live feeds in the HOH room, several times, Cody was using the F-bomb talking about Kaser, saying, I can't. I can't effing believe that he did that, and he's such an effing this, and then Memphis is like, I can't believe he thought I would effing want to play with him. Why the F would I want to play with him? I was just, their conversation was very different about him than anyone else. I mean, Janelle also played the safety comp, but they weren't giving her a hard time about it, but you didn't see that part. (laughs) I know I, I I did see it referred to on Twitter a bit. Oh. Okay. Uh, yeah, I didn't actually see it, but now when you say it like that, yeah, I remember that. Uh, <laughs> it is tough being the first HOH, though. I will note that because especially if you have two nominations and they're taken off the board. <laughs> the funniest moment though is him. He kept calling David Kevin. 
right? All all week. <laughs> and he's like, even after the fact that he had nominated the other Kevin for eviction, he's like, I like Kevin. <laughs> I'm like, at that point, I was like, do you like David or do you like Kevin? Or are you just confusing them as the same person? <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't know why it was so hard. He's living with the guys. I mean, he should know their names. Yeah. Man, David, David has been hilarious this season, man. It's just, he's just totally surprised at literally everything. He is. He's also playing dumb some. He asked the guys how to play the power of veto and what it was. He apparently had asked Davon the same thing. And a few days ago... He was talking to Davon. He's like, yeah, I lied to the guys. I told him I didn't know how to play the veto. And she <laughs> says, so you lied to me also? And he said, oh, yeah, but that's before we were working together. <laughs> <laughs> she, but she didn't take it well. She was like, but you did yeah. lie to me. I think when it comes to Davon, she really does not like liars. No, that, that's what I'm saying when I say, like, David is playing dumb, but also he might just also be dumb as well. Right. He might be playing dumber than he is, but he also just, his, it, I can't tell with him. And it's been, it's been an amazing puzzle where you watch the show and you're like, what, what's going on with that guy? <laughs> Yeah, it's weird watching an all-star season and having no clue how this guy plays. He's he's almost <laughs> like if you threw in one of us in the house. Almost, yeah. They're like, here's the all-stars and here's someone that knows nothing about playing. Here you go. It's like in a TV show where like, this character is supposed to represent you. You're their eyes through the show. That you see them do that. That's David for us. It's just right? great. <laughs> yeah. How did you feel about them bringing David back? I thought that they should have brought back one person who had been a night one eviction. And I think he was, I mean, he's really charming. He looks like a lot better shape than he was last season. He's got a really nice smile. He's a really handsome guy. I didn't even like notice that his first season. Like I just, yeah. (laughs) Well, cause there was so much going on before he went home that I wasn't paying that much attention to him either. But he is. He seems like a very nice guy. He's in good shape. He is making relationships in the house. So he actually could go far. He could be considered an easy vote early on, or he could make it pretty far. It's just going to depend on how people want to play the game. I, I want to see him win an HOH. Yeah, at just, least win something. That, that would shake up the game. That would yeah. just be like, oh my god, David just won an HOH. What the hell is this game now? Yeah, who would he put up? I have no idea. <laughs> who do you think he would put up? I think that like Cody and Enzo would probably do a good job of getting what they want out of right. David. Yeah, I think that he has a lot of people in his ear. And if he becomes HOH, it's going to be whoever influences him the most. I did see him earlier this week make a three-person, well, like a final three thing with Davon and Bailey saying, you know, if we make it to final three, that's going to be huge. But I haven't seen him talk to them in the last couple of days, so... And I haven't heard them talk about him either, so I don't know exactly what happened there. I also know that Cody is including him in his alliance, but not really. They're just using him. Agreed. So who do you think, who is Memphis putting up? I've, I've seen some names, but I have no clue. Well, before he won, he was saying he wanted in gone and Bailey as the pawn. He really does not like Ian for, I don't know why, you know, he just doesn't like Ian. And he thought Bailey would be a good pawn to put up. But we haven't seen the results of the safety comp yet, so I can't say who he's gonna put up without knowing who's safe, (laughs) you know? 
I know some people wanted him to put up Janelle and Kaser, and he's like, nah, I'm cool with them. Which Tyler is not happy about. Tyler is like, they're the enemy. We need to go after the enemy. <laughs> and he's telling people that Memphis is working both sides. That he's working in the six or seven person alliance. And he's working with Janelle and Kaser. Which if that was the <laughs> case, I think he would have tried, tried it all to keep Keisha. In Man, fact, I, he I, went around <laughs> telling everyone how he stabbed Keisha in the back and how he's worried if she stays, she'll come after him. So he, <laughs> he did not care if Keisha stayed, but at the same time, Janelle and Kaser do not see him as a threat. They think that he would work with them. Kaser and Memphis get up early. So does David. But I've seen Memphis and Kaser talk a lot in the morning in the kitchen, which I think Kaser feels like Memphis is on their side, while Memphis is, like I said, was going to Cody and saying, why would I want to work with them? He could be playing both sides, but the problem is, do we really have two sides at this moment? That would imply that their alliance is one part of the side and the other people are on the other side and i haven't seen clear formations yet yeah i mean you mentioned tyler right now and i think tyler is one of the worst game positions right now i don't feel like anyone is particularly close with him no. or trusts him so i don't he's in a really bad spot and if he's talking about that about memphis i wouldn't be surprised if tyler somehow ends up the backdoor target <laughs> at if the end of get, next week. Yeah, if they get back to Memphis, and it's, it probably I mean, will. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even last week, Enzo joked like, uh, hey, uh, so you want me to use this veto on Kevin and we backdoor Tyler? And he's like, oh, I'm just joking, man. But it's like, unless you want to. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, Enzo would, would have been happy to do that. I know he said that he won the veto and... Cody told him not to use it, and he's like, well, I won the veto. I get to decide if I use it or not, which is more of an old-school mentality because nowadays people are so terrified of the HOH, even though next week they'll have no power. So Enzo, I think he would have played it, but... Yeah, it wasn't good for his game to play it when Cody didn't want him to. I would have loved to have seen that, though. I think it was just a smart move for Enzo because, you know, the HOH is his closest ally. Right. We talked a little bit about this already, but Cody has a final two with Enzo, a final two with Memphis, and a final two with Nicole F. And then he has other people in his alliance... They have Danny, Tyler, David is kind of, sort of. They have Christmas. So they have a lot of numbers. They're in a good spot. It just depends on uh, who wins HOH and if there's any antagonism between the HOH and another person. Right. This week could be revealing or it could be safe. Going for Ian and Bailey would not be a safe choice, which... Maybe why I think I saw someone say he was changing his mind and talking about doing a safe week, which I think it was Nicole A. and David that he was talking about being an easy vote, you know, an easy week. So could go either way. He's in a good position, but I don't think this is going to last long enough for him. I don't think he can work with this many people. I, I agree. I mean, I, I think Memphis, there's something about him that I don't think he's adapted to the newer game at all. Right. I think he's a little moody sometimes. I, sh I don't see him doing well this season. And I think this HOH could be bad for him. It could be. I remember he also has some anger issues, which is why he was talking about David. I didn't see it, but they got in some sort of argument. I don't know what about, but I know that 
him and David got into some sort of argument. He's already like done with David. He's like, I already don't want to play with that guy. (laughs) (laughs) He's already destroying, you know, this alliance here. He's not as, I don't think he's as good of a player as Cody at all. No. In comparison, yeah. Yeah, people like, because, you know, it's him and Dan and then Derek and Cody, and I think Cody's just way better than Memphis. Yeah, I agree. However, Memphis did have, he's been very smart about not being seen with other people he's playing with. He called it playing the telephone game, where they're never seen in the same room, they talk to each other individually, and then that person tells the next person the plan, so they're never all seen together. And he convinced Christmas to start this alliance, even though he already had an alliance, he wanted to add some people to it for extra votes, and he convinced Christmas to think she started this alliance. So in that sense, that's a pretty big game move because he can always say well she's the one who started it she's the one that got the people together when really he was telling her who to talk to and things like that i agree i just i don't think his style play works with like modern big brother yeah i don't either so let's talk about the safety suite how do you feel about the safety suite i think it's uh the best twist they've had in a while it makes sense uh, the fact that you can you, you only use it like once, it just makes sense. It's it's a good twist. It, it's a really yeah. good one, especially for all stars. I'm not Is sure. It, yeah. yeah. That oh. first, especially like for someone like Cody, who wins the week one HOH, and then week two you're completely unprotected, mm-hmm. or like that that early game not being being able to like so susceptible to a backdoor situation. Having that safety suite is really cool. And it's one of the big things is that it's just better than other twists we've had. It's yeah. so significantly better because most twists they come up with are terrible, whereas yes. this one's logical. <laughs> right. That's true. This one really does make sense. Who do you think is going to play this week? I mean, Cody has been saying since the, the outset of like last week that he's going to play this week. Uh, I think it would be smart for Ian to play. Uh, I think someone like Kevin might play because, I mean, he went on the block last week. You have to think, like, well, that automatically makes you a target this week. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, we might see Tyler play it as well, just just to play it, because I I don't know if he thinks he's in the best spot. Tyler seems to think he is in a good spot. Cody definitely doesn't need to play, but as him and Memphis discussed, it would be very suspicious if Cody did not play after all week saying how he's definitely going to play. So I think that would show that he is close to Memphis. And I think they need to have at least another player or two from their group or it is going to look suspicious. The people that really need it is Ian. And Bailey, I would also say Nicole A. and David. Those are probably the ones that really need to play it. Agreed. Yeah. I, I think I think David. Yeah, especially has to play it. Yeah. Oh, and and Kevin. I meant to say Kevin as well. I think Kevin. Yeah. As we've seen in previous Big Brothers, sometimes you've been on the block already. They just throw you back on because it's easy for them to do. So I like the safety suite as well. And I like how it makes you potentially have to come up with five people to target. The two people, if they won, if your two people win safety suite, then you have to find two people to nominate. If one comes off the block, you have to nominate someone else. So you could, especially, well, they're only doing this until next week. Last week is the last time they're doing it. So just the first three weeks, (laughs) I'm expecting the unexpected, but I am expecting that there's got to be a new twist after that. I have no idea what it's going to be, 
But there's no way in an all-star season that they're only going to have a twist for the first three weeks of the game. Yeah, I mean, I expect a battle back at some point. Probably, I would think a battle back, possibly from the first probably four people out. The house is expecting a potential battle back. Like, I've heard several people mention that. So you have to be especially careful what you say to people before they leave the house. Just because you know they're leaving does not mean they're not coming back. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Yeah. I mean, it's all stars. You know that, right? Yeah. (laughs) My friend, uh, you know, he makes a joke like, Oh, there goes Nicole Anthony again, only making friends with people who are on the block. <laughs> that That's true. She really wanted to sleep in the bed next to Janelle. Made too much of a big deal about it, I guess. I didn't see her actually doing that. And, may- and maybe I heard it from Nicole F., so maybe it's exaggerated. I don't remember. But on the live feeds... She's no longer a have-not, so she needed a bedroom. And her and Kevin both came in to take Nicole's bed and Keisha's bed, Nicole F's bed and Keisha's bed, and in took Kaser's bed. So the bedroom is completely different except for Janelle. I think... Nicole A is look really looking up to Janelle as like a sister or a mentor. She's been doing her makeup and her hair, you know. I think it's not I think that if that bedroom joined together plus Kaser that they could have a pretty strong game. They could have it would be in Kaser, Janelle, Nicole A, and Kevin, and maybe they could convince Davon and Bailey. I don't know. I just don't want to see. I don't like to see people form alliances the first day or two of the game, and that determines the whole season. I I like to see it mixed up some. Yeah, I mean, as much as uh, people love Janelle and Kaser, it's like one of those things where it's like, well, every season they've played on, they've had like this massive target on them for like a reason. Right. We already discussed how much we love them. (laughs) I I really do love them. So, early predictions. Who do you, what do you think are the top three? Who do you think's has a good chance of winning. I know it's early, but just early predictions. I'm going to say I think Christmas has a really good shot. I agree. I think Enzo is going to go pretty far. Yeah. Just because he's so, he's so likable. Yeah. And from there, third person, you know, if he can make it past, like, the next couple of weeks, I like Kevin's potential in the long run. I think there's something about him that's very non-threatening that's very you know able to flip sides really easily i think that everyone's very obvious and you know that's the way he made it to the end on big brother 11 is that you know he didn't really win a lot of comps like till the end and he just played this really good social political game and you know understood where he was and i think that if he can get through these rough few first weeks then his potential in the long run is like people could be sleeping on him I want to say Danielle Donato. I mean, I think she's playing one of the best games. She is. But there's just something about her that's, like, a lot of people on social media are getting, like, really upset at her for being kind of, like, mean-ish. But I'm like, did you not watch her original season? I'm like, she lost. (laughs) I'm like, she lost the game on a social vote. Like, people thought Evil Stick was the better person. Right. (laughs) like people thought she was brattier than him so like (laughs) if you don't if you don't get that through your head and like the whole like long view of things like you don't really understand who she is i think she's great tv but it's just an understanding of what she is to the game and i don't i think she's playing great right now but i don't know how long it'll last she's in a Uh, great spot where she's laying low but has connections her and nicole F are apparently like really good friends in real life and people don't know that yeah um, people 
I think Devon could also go really far. But yeah. what's ironic is that every season, Devon has really good reads, but doesn't know how to play Big Brother. Right. This season, all her reads are terrible. Yes. But she's playing her best game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she can't, I guess she can't do both at the same time. <laughs> I'm totally joking. I love Devon. She has already said... If you came looking for the loud Davon, you're not going to get her this season. The loud Davon is staying away. I'm going to be the calm Davon, which is interesting because we are used to a pretty loud Davon in the house. She said no speeches. This is like, if you thought I was going to make speeches, I'm not making any speeches this year. I just wonder how long that it can last. I oh, don't it's, know it's not if she last. last. <laughs> you know when someone's like, I'm not making speeches, that means they're making speeches at some point. <laughs> it means they're known for being loud and making speeches. It's like, I didn't think you were going to make a speech until you said I'm not going to make a speech. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I think she was looking back at the feedback she had yeah. from her previous games and says, okay... This is why I didn't make it further. Uh, I'm going to do better this time. And like you said, she is she's playing the game really well right now. But the people, uh, she, like you said, she does not have a good read on the people. I don't think she has a good idea of who's working with who. That may come this week because it's still so early but she figured out the twin twist. She figured that out so early on in her first season that she ended up getting voted off second because the twins were able to convince other people to get rid of her. So she's very observant. I just think that there hasn't been enough gameplay yet for her to get a good idea. I hope she gains some better insight and is able to continue playing a good game. Yeah. Also, man, it's crazy to me because I, I think Big Brother 17, that original season she was on, yeah. is like one of the best seasons ever. And they only have one. She's the only cast member from it on this season. Yeah, that is weird. Because they, I mean, they have Vanessa. I mean, Austin is a wrestler now. He's like actually a really big wrestler now oh. in AEW. He's actually like really popular right now. He's like popping off. Like, he's having, like, he's on, like, the surge of his career. The twins, I, I, I love the twins. Like, I think they played, like, their role really well. Yeah. Uh, as I mentioned, I think Johnny Mac is hilarious. I think he was great. That girl, Shelly, was also just a really good player who yeah. got out from Vanessa. And I just think, like, man, that season had, like, five or six potential All-Stars, and we did not get any of them on this season. That's true. I do wonder if more people were asked and said no because of COVID or family. Rachel Riley uh, was asked, and she's pregnant, and she told them, I'm pregnant, but I will play pregnant. I don't care if I'm pregnant. But they wouldn't allow that. <laughs> I, I would have loved for Rachel. I, I love Rachel Riley so I much. Rachel I love Rachel Riley too. I think there's like, there are moments where I'm like, oh my God, Rachel. And then other moments where I'm like, she's the best. It's just, she's both the best and the worst at right. the same time. She's, she's so entertaining. <laughs> I mean, so entertaining. I would have loved to have had her back. It's like you try to like explain to a person like what she is. And it's like, yeah, it, it, it's like, but also she's actually really good at comps. She's really like she won a season somehow. It's just <laughs> everything. Everything about her is just so. It doesn't sound like a real person. You think it sounds like two people? She's so good. I mean, I honestly, I would have loved to see Brendan on this season without Rachel as well. I don't think Brendan would do that well without Rachel. I don't know. He did. For, I mean, like there was the thing in Big Brother Twelve where she was out for a few weeks, and people were like, oh, "Huh." Yeah. Turns out Brendan's not that bad of a guy. That's true. That's true. There was also speculation about Jeff and Jordan. I didn't remember this because it had been so long. But Kevin was saying how Jeff had talked really bad about the gay community. And oh, yeah. And they continued to 
bring him back. And I remembered some of that. I just didn't remember how bad it was because it was just so long ago. But it wasn't a good look, and it's a, probably a good thing they did not bring him back, even though he apologized and all that stuff. I think it was a good decision not to bring him if he was even willing to come. Yeah, I'm I'm very anti Jeff and Jordan. I just think they're the absolute worst. <laughs> okay. They're just so boring to me, and they're just not. They're, to me, they're not even good players. Like yeah. I, I think I think Jordan's like the worst winner ever, man. I just just I, I they're they're just an absolute bore. Yeah, I was surprised that that Jordan won. She's probably not one of the better winners over the seasons. She's just super nice person but we know that jeff played for her and got her far and even then he was just gifted that coup d'etat and that's the only reason they got that far right well is there anything else you want to talk about not particularly uh i just want to say thank you for allowing me to talk about big brother since i've spent so many hours watching these feeds and my friends walking and they just see me watching and i'm just like they just watch me watching these conversations of people at like the highest volume too, because sometimes you need the volume to be really high to oh, hear gosh. the conversations. <laughs> when they're whispering and I turn it way up and then all of a sudden <laughs> someone walks in the room and they talk normal. I've even jumped before because it was so loud. I scared or myself. No, it's, uh, I switched the channel to YouTube and I'm like, why is it, why is it so loud? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm excited to have you. I I really love your articles. I mean, you have great insight into reality television. And it's just great that we were able to talk about this. Right now, that's all I want to talk about is Big Brother. Yeah. And I, I don't have anyone to talk about it in my real life. But being able to talk about it here with other people that love it so much, it's been a lot of fun, and I really appreciate you coming on. Of course. Thank you. Is there <laughs> anything is you would like to tell us how to follow you, anything like that? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, at the Alan Aguirre. Um, from there, you can probably find my articles will be either pinned on my, like my Twitter link or on like my first tweet. So from there you can see any articles I have about Big Brother or the challenge or whatever. Yes, and let me repeat, he writes great articles, so you should definitely read his articles. Yeah, my Big Brother stuff is a lot more subjective than my challenge stuff. Whereas the challenge is just you're analyzing an episode where I feel like Big Brother is more of an experience. Yeah. It's, it really is this thing you just like fall in love with during the summer. And then, and then after the summer, you just forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> but when it comes summer again, you're ready for it. You're like, oh, yeah, big brother, it's summertime. I think because of COVID, a lot of new people are watching. And what a weird season to do an all-star in the middle of COVID. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I know. Uh, I got my friends into Survivor recently, and we watched some Survivor seasons and they're like when are you gonna show us big brother i'm like it's not the same you gotta just live it man <laughs> <laughs> it is a lot uh, i'm usually a more casual viewer but in the last couple years i was seeing a lot of the feed stuff uh, just from friends on twitter so especially with it being all stars i want to watch every second of it, it yeah, yeah I, I this, this it. is especially with what's going on in the world this is like peak big brother time right because like my sports podcast even with sports coming back they really are like scratching like the like the barrel thin with content like oh, they don't have like much to like talk about so just having all this big brother content is great for me because i'm someone who needs something on in the background when i work so i just i love it yeah i've actually heard uh, a lot of pe new people saying it's so corny is it gonna get better I mean, the world is so serious right now that I love corny. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, it will get better, especially for people that's never watched before. They have no idea who these people are. 
But yeah, it's so corny. It's just such a fun summer show. Yeah. So thanks again for coming on. All right. Awesome. All right. Thanks so much. Bye, Alan. Bye. I hope you all enjoyed having my friend Alan on today. You can follow this podcast on Twitter at realityaddict2. We have a new Instagram account, which is realityaddictpodcast. You can find this podcast on iTunes as well as Spotify, Podcast Addict, lots of other places. If you have trouble finding it, let me know. Uh, But you should just be able to search for Reality Addict and find it. Some places has a space in between it, so it depends on where you search. If you would like to follow my personal account, my name is Mary Francis. So on Twitter, I am at Mary Becca. But the Becca is spelled with a K. So it is B-E-C-K-A-H. So look for Mary Becca on Twitter. As well as if you'd like to follow me on Instagram, you need to search for Mary Wiseman Francis. I hope that everyone enjoyed this. Please let me know how you about this This is only my third episode if you have comments I want them if you have questions for future episodes I want them I would love any feedback being new to this is it's kind of scary putting yourself out there like that so if you love this podcast please let me know if you don't please let me know why And I'll be putting up the weekly live feed recap later this week. Not sure who that'll be with yet, but it'll be a lot of fun. Thanks again, guys. Bye.